0: Monday night, and you're listening to WKRM Radio from Columbia, Tennessee. Coming at you from that WKRM Mule Town Radio Tower of Power, high atop Mount Parnassus in beautiful downtown Columbia, on 103.7 FM, 1340 AM, if you're on your tractor. And reaching out to the world on WKRMRadio.com. It's time for George Hamilton V's Americana Central Time, y'all.
1: And now, your host, a singer, songwriter, world-traveling troubadour, and 30-year veteran of the Grand Old Opry, George Hamilton V. Fifth.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what. The one and only Colonel William Covington with that wonderful intro here. We are on Americana Central Time, and it is Sunday night, May the 14th, Mother's Day. It has been a wonderful day today. You know, we are coming at you on WKRMRadio.com, 103.7 FM, 1340 AM. If you're on your track, on WKRMRadio.com all around the world. We're in Mule Town, USA. You know, it is time after I do this. <laughs> for us all to hop on that mule train. It's Americana Central Time on WKRM, y'all. Hi! Ah, get up! Mule ah! train! Ah,
2: yeah! Woo! Get it, through the wind and rain. They'll keep going till they drop Clippity-clop, clippity-clop Clippity-clippity-clippity-clippity-clippity-clippity-clippity-clippity-cloppin' along Ah. Mule Ah. time Clippity-cloppin' along the mountain chain Soon they're gonna reach the top Clippity-clop, clippity-clop, clippity-cloppin' Clivity, 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 clop hey! in the long. A, a guitar for a cowboy way out in Arizona. A dress of calico for a pretty navy Ho. Get along. Get along. live it top, live it top, live it up live it up it get up <laughs> it along the mountain chain wow do reach get yeah! up live it up live it up live it live it Wild wow, Bill, yeah. got some cotton thread and needles for the folks who went out yonder. A shovel for a miner who left his home to wander. Some rootism and for the settlers in the hill. Yeah. Get along, Wild Bill. new get along. Yeah. Whoa, living it up, living it up, it up. You.
0: Whoa, yeah. Man, oh man, it is Americana Center time. I'm George Hamilton, the fifth. We got Americana Ann, and She is mighty fast with the telephone. Americana Ann, we have handed you a card. We're not going to mention any names, no. but there is a telephone number on there that you will be dialing in just a few minutes. Are you excited? Well, who am I going to call? I don't know. Maybe Rick Nessler will tell you who that is. And now we're going to go over to Rick Nessler, who is here with Rick Polari. And Mel, let me tell you what. They are the Ricks. Can you all introduce yourselves and say hello to all the people? Well, all hello? right.
1: The, this is Do Which one is which? Tell the people because they can't see you. Yeah, I'm Rick Polari over here with the banjo. Okay.
3: And I'm Rick Nessler, and when I'm playing the 12-string, you'll figure it out. Are so you, y'all are the you Rick. Are,
1: you're the Rick Nestler
0: of Donna and Rick Nestler?
3: Yes, I am.
0: And for people out there who have listened to the podcast, you will see Donna and Rick Nestler on an earlier podcast, Americana Central Time, com. Go there, push on the podcast, scroll down to Americana Central Time, and look at all the podcasts. This is going to be a brand new one. So, Rick Nestler, here you are yes. with Rick Pilleri. Y'all right. drove all the way down from where? Tell Vermont. Us
3: about it. Well, we started out the tour. Rick drove down to New York, where I live. We piled into my car, and then the first stop was Philadelphia. No way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Edders, Pennsylvania. And then from there, we uh, went to the Song Farmers Gathering out at uh, the Kentucky Bluegrass Hall of Fame. Wow. Wow. Now, uh,
4: did you leave Donna at home?
3: Donna actually uh, stayed home to work on her boat. No oh, way! We yes. talked about that last yes, time. Yes, we yep. did. It's in the water, and she's just cleaning it up now. We're planning on doing a cruise. Will yeah. you tell yeah. her
4: hello for us?
3: Of course.
0: Thank
4: you.
3: Yeah. She said to give hugs to you guys. Oh, great! No so, way! Yeah. Well, we will.
0: Well, now, so we over here, you have Rick Pileri. So he started in Vermont, came down to New York. And did you bring any maple syrup? Yes, I did. No, did I you didn't. really? Are you
4: are you serious? He's serious. Yeah,
0: I, I brought
1: you some maple syrup.
0: I was to, talking as to, a to a my gift. mama. She said, "I hope he brings some maple syrup." Cause she, I said, "Well, let me have some of yours." Because you gave her one a, a while back, and yeah. she said, "I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she ate all that maple syrup. That stuff's fantastic. Do you make this yourself?
1: I no, no, but I, I play for it. Uh-huh. we have sugar houses. We'll in play Verm- for syrup. Yeah, we'll play for syrup. Yeah, I mean it's all it's as good as as money. I mean we get paid anyway. Yeah, but then they they throw in some uh, syrup. Yeah, and all the musicians are in the sugar house. Yeah, uh, and the sh- and the syrup is is cooking up. And it is a a mighty fine kind of community activity. Yeah. So all of Vermont, uh, we have uh, the sugar in season. There's all kinds of parties in the sugar houses. That is wild. That sounds great. Can you make maple syrup all year long? No, just Just, one time a year. Which time? Uh, It would be probably around starting in February. Now, does it just come
4: from a spigot out of a tree?
1: Well, it could. It could. It depends if you're, you're doing it the old-fashioned way, mm. uh, where you could just put a spigot in the tree. Now, you've got to understand that you need 40 gallons of raw sap to make one gallon of maple wow. syrup.
4: Why is that?
1: That's just the way it is. That's the ratio. And that's why, you know, if you question, why does maple syrup cost so much? It's because of, it's very labor-intensive, but it is really such a... Um, it's it's part of living in Vermont that, uh, you know, it's it, it makes a great gift when you're visiting somebody to bring some maple syrup. And uh, and we always have maple syrup at the house.
4: Oh, yeah. I've never been to Vermont, and I've always wanted to go in the fall.
1: That's the
0: time to come. That's, That's what time I hear. To come. Okay, but, uh, so you go to Boston for the springtime and Vermont for the fall. Well, you could go. To, I don't go to Boston too much. Ah, because you know the song, Please Come to Boston yeah. for the Springtime. Yeah. Yeah, Do you have a song called Please Come to Vermont in the fall? <laughs> uh, no, I, I have think a song. you should write one. I have a song it. about
1: Vermont, but not that one. Right, because you have the it's the Great Vermont Barn Dance. That's right, the Great Vermont Barn Dance Show. And, you know, George, it, it was really inspired partially on your Viva Nash Vegas. No way. Yeah, because when I first uh, saw what you were doing, it inspired me to uh, think about, like, this whole idea of create what you want where you are. Yeah. You know, that's that's the whole idea is because you, you end up chasing things and you're you're like always going to somebody else's community and you get home and there's nothing there. Yeah. So why
4: not create it?
1: That's right. You create it. You don't wait for somebody to create it. You create it. And you know this. Yeah. You know, all of us who are, are creators, uh, we do this all the time. So the Barn Dance Show uh, is uh, that old style uh, where I have one mic. I have an ear trumpet microphone, and all the uh, performers gather around it. We have a a little bit of dance uh, demonstration at the beginning, some clogging. Then we have some storytelling, and then we have uh, music. And the music is acoustic. Um, music and uh, it, it can be, it can, you know, run, run the range from traditional music all the way to more contemporary singer songwriter. And uh, we had a, our first one last year that was in a barn. I mean, I, at first it was at the town hall. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and then everything closed down. Yeah. And I got the opportunity, uh, someone who owned a barn said, We'd really like to do the, the barn dance show. And uh, she said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll organize it. And if we had 200 people, uh, and it was uh, a fantastic show. Everybody loved it. So wow. now we're doing another one on October 19th. Yeah, cool. Very cool. And so as you all mentioned, you were up in Kentucky. Where at once again? We were at Renfro Valley.
5: Yeah. Where the
1: old barn dance was. Yeah. And there's a beautiful museum. Uh, that has a lot of, it's, it's sort of like a smaller version of of the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame in yeah. Nashville. <laughs> you know, not quite that extensive, but along the same lines.
0: Well, when you were there and reading the history, what is their date uh, in comparison with the WSM, the Opry? Uh, what, did they, when did they start the Winfro Valley Band I,
1: I don't have that information on yeah. the top of my head.
0: Well, we can look it up online. or yeah. people can. Because interesting, around that time, mm-hmm. barn dances were the thing. Of course, the WLS Barn Dance, mm-hmm. and uh, I was uh, George D. Hay, I believe, came down from Chicago. I believe where he had been with the WLS Barn Dance, but mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure. Jen Larson, right? The right. archivist can tell us all that. Oh about yes, sometimes. Jen, and
1: she was here. Yeah, you know, and it was it was so much fun. The first time that I brought Jen to Country 101, yeah, I didn't even know she was a singer. Yeah, I knew her because <laughs> she helped me get. I got a, a, a replica of, of the the, um, the steamboat whistle. Yeah. That was made for me for my barn dance and she was helping me. Yeah. And we came om- over to Country One O One and I walked in the door with Jen Larson and everybody was like, Oh and I didn't I didn't know she was a, a singer. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, of course, I said, gee, of course she's you know, well known. Yeah. Sang with Garrison Keeler yeah. on Prairie Home Companion. Oh yeah. wow. And uh you know, I mean we were talking about that we, we met up with one of the old uh uh the the kind of community of country 101 yeah. Lucy yeah uh, Lucy who was part of the, the the whole thing with Glenn and Louise and yeah. Richard oh White.
0: Glenn Thompson I was talking to Louise Thompson recently and uh, she's doing well course, yeah Glenn's up there with all the wonderful stars of country music. Glenn Thompson loved the Grand Old Opry was in charge of at the head yeah. uh or facilitator whatever he, well, because he didn't like being titles you know he was just such a gentleman but he liked to work with the the uh, Grand Ole Opry fan club and then country 101 was such a love project
1: too and oh, yeah. uh and ah. now America Connor Annie you you don't know this but what happened was there was a a surprise for for Glenn Thompson at Country 101. Mm -hmm. Rob McNorland and myself were doing a special show and we uh, had secretly invited George. George, do you remember this George? you mean i didn't show up no you you oh, showed up but, that's right but he got so emotional <sighs> yeah. when you, me. you yeah when he saw you he said yeah. yeah he had yeah. tears in his eyes because he, was, he didn't want me to be there no no just, he was <laughs> he was so happy to yeah. see you yeah. it meant so much to him because yeah. he loved your dad too yeah you know well, and my dad
0: loved him and louise um, they're just wonderful people and uh it was really it was beautiful. Uh, and then we sang, maybe we sang A Touch of Forever Young and also this We Will Meet Again is a That's, song that he loved that uh, oh, yeah. my father used to sing and I wrote that. Right. He sang it and yeah. that made me
1: cry. Yeah. You know. It was very emotional. Yeah. It very emotional. And it, it, that was a really special time with Country 101 yeah. because it was like the closest that you could get to old style yeah. Nashville. Yeah, you know the people in the room. You had Les Leverett, the photographer, would yeah. be in the room. You had people who worked at the Opry. Yeah, Captain Roberts would come over yeah. from time to time from Hank Snow's band. You didn't even know that you were sitting next to people Roger who had Caron. this long, long history. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you and like you'd be sitting in the room, and there would be you know Riders in the Sky. They'd be sitting yeah. right next to you, playing along. Yeah. Or Joe Edwards, yeah. the guitarist yeah. from the Grand Ole Opry band. Well, we got a commercial
0: break. I want to play right here, and then we'll be back with more. Of Rick Polari and Rick Nessler, a.k.a. The Ricks. Can you all spell that for us so people can look it up online while we are
3: having a R- conversation? R-I-X. Oh, that's plural. Yeah. Well, Rick has, uh, he, he he spells his name R-I-K. Yeah. I spell mine R-I-C-K. We yeah. didn't want to argue over who got top billing. Yeah. So we went with uh, a spelling that neither one of us uses. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Except for the group.
0: Yeah. Man, oh, man, well, i tell you what, we got the Ricks here in the studio with Americana and we'll have Marshall McGall a little bit later on with a tale from the Backward Z. And here are some words from our sponsors here at WKRM, Columbia, Tennessee.
4: Hey, this is Brenda Lynn Allen. Thank you for tuning in to 103.7 FM WKRM, Columbia, Tennessee.
7: This is
1: WKRM 103.7, Columbia, Tennessee. Your home for the Columbia Central Lions for over 75 years. Radio! Radio! Radio.
5: Turn your radio
1: on! And now, your host, a singer, songwriter, world-traveling troubadour and 30-year veteran of the Grand Old Opry, George Hamilton V.
0: Man, oh man, the one and only Colonel William Covington there. He's up there with well, Glenn Thompson and my good friend Brown, Claude Felter, that gave me this train whistle. <laughs> and you are listening to Americana Central Time, and we are here with the Ricks, Rick Nestler and Rick Polari. They drove down from up north, and you were wearing Kentucky last night?
3: Yes, sir.
0: Yes. Yeah. And now you're here in Columbia. Rick Valeria. have you ever been to Columbia? You have been to I Columbia before. I've been in this
1: studio before. Was
0: it a morning show? It might have been. Yeah, with it the Professor Bull on the Drive South radio yeah. show. Yeah. 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 So you all, Rick Nestle, of course, was here just uh, a month or two or something like that ago. Uh, so you March, all are no strangers to Front Porch Radio.
1: No, no. I've been here. Yeah. And it's always a good time here. It's a lot of fun. It is. This there's is always a, something a going show. on.
0: You never know what's going to happen next. You never. That's a good way to put it. It's spontaneous. And of course, with Americana Ann, it is so much fun. Americana Ann, are you there? Hey, GV. You know what we're going to do now? Tell me. We're going to listen to some fine music by the Ricks.
4: I know. I can't wait. I'm, yeah. just, I, I'm all over the banjo. I'm all, all right. over it.
0: Yeah. Rick Nestler, Rick Pillary. Now, of course, neither one likes to get top uh, billing. That's why no. they are the Ricks. <laughs> v R I X. And on Facebook. Uh, you can search for The Ricks, oh,
1: T-H-E-R-I-X. Yep. Yeah. So this is one of old Pete Seeger songs, because we're out here doing a tour celebrating Pete Seeger's life, uh, and uh, this is one that he used to sing a lot, Well May the World Go. Are you ready, Rick? Go ahead.
3: Well may the world
1: go lower
3: Well, may the world go when I'm far away. Well, may the swimmers churn, skiers turn, lovers burn. Peace may the generals learn when I'm gone away. Well, may the world go Play the old hoedown down dancer swinging round and round when I'm gone away. Well, may the world go. Well, may the
5: world go, the world go, the world go Well, may the world go when I'm far away Well, may the world go, the world go,
0: the world go Well, may the world go when I'm far away Man, oh, man That's fantastic. It. The Ricks. And that song, Pete Seeger.
1: Yeah, Pete Seeger.
0: Wow. Now, you all knew Pete. Yeah. You all were on a a vessel a, a river boat or did you go on the sea also
3: well i actually when I sailed with Pete, um, we sailed out into the Atlantic no uh, to get down to New Jersey to a festival down there. Yeah. And we sailed up in Long Island Sound. We sailed in uh, New York Harbor. We, and we sailed up and down the Hudson River.
0: Yeah. Now, Pete Seeger, for the people who are just learning about Pete Seeger, can Rick Pellaria tell us really quick, I know it's very hard to summarize <laughs> very quick, but let's say, all right, a song with the Weavers that everybody would know Oh.
1: Uh- Good night, Irene. Good night, wow. Irene. We'll probably play yeah. that at the end of the show tonight. Yeah. That's all right. We good, go good night, Irene. Of yeah. course, you know. Uh, so long. It's been good to know you. Yeah. Another song that they sang. Uh, Kisses sweeter than wine. Yeah. There's been uh, so many songs, and I think the the whole thing is, as Pete was like the grandfather. Yeah. Of folk music, he carried that tradition all those years, was it 94 years? Wow. And he kept playing, and he's that's
4: how long he lived.
1: Yeah. And he kept playing. He played early on with Woody Guthrie. Wow. He, he was That's in a band amazing. with Woody Guthrie. He played with Lead Belly. All of these you know, icons today. Uh, and and, it, and it's, it's, Now, Lead
0: Belly was on maybe Pete Seeger's television show? No,
1: no, Lead Belly. I've seen the video When I saw who was Pete Seeger on TV with. I, I thought it was. Many people, but not Lead Belly. Lead Belly was... He, you know, unfortunately, as Pete would say that if Pete would have, if uh, Lead Belly would have lived six more months, okay, he would have lived to see all of his dreams come true. Wow. Because the song Goodnight Irene went to the top of the charts. Wow. But he, yeah. he didn't live to see it. Wow. You know, uh, mm. and, uh, but uh, Pete learned from, from Lead Belly. He was a big influence. And there was a an, an interesting interview with George Harrison of the Beatles. Okay. And in that interview, George Harrison said, if there was no Lead Belly, there would have never been a Beatles. Man. I mean, the, 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 wow. that Lead Belly was, was the bridge. And you think about that, the, like, you know, the Rock Island Line. You oh, know, yeah. That, yeah. All of the Midnight Special. All yeah. all of these, oh, yeah. you know, these songs that S- Lead Belly did.
3: Skiffle band hits. Yep. Skiffle yeah. Skiffle band, ba- right. band. Uh, hits. Lottie and Lonnie Donegan yeah. had hit with all, all of those things He yeah. Yeah. just sped up a bunch of folk songs and many of them were Lead Bellies
0: And it's very interesting that y'all bring up Lead Belly because if I'm not mistaken Americana Ann would Lead Belly be from the Americana Music Triangle?
4: Absolutely That's yes. right,
0: the Americana Music Triangle stretches from Nashville to Memphis all the way down to New Orleans and you can find out more about the Americana Music Triangle by visiting com. The Americana Music Triangle, where history made music. And, and you, music made history.
1: And now back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled interview. And you know that you can go to Shreveport and you'll see a statue of Lead Belly. Really? Shreveport, yes. Port, Louisiana. Shreveport, yeah. Shreveport
4: Louisiana. With, yes, yep.
1: Shreveport, Louisiana. There's a statue of Lead Belly there. Wow. Uh, I believe it's it's close to Fannin Street that he wrote the song about. I'm not sure, but you have to look it up. Yeah. There's also in Morningsport. Where Lead Belly grew up his grave, uh, a lot of people go and visit Lead Belly's grave. And when you go over there, you can see a lot of guitar picks on, uh, you know, a lot of musicians go and pay homage yeah. to, to Lead Belly's grave. And the musicians themselves, they, he had a simple gravestone years ago, and now it's a very elaborate gravestone yeah. with a big 12-string guitar in cement. You know, uh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, And so it's, it, it, it's really kind of fun, as, as you're saying, to, to walk that, that that history of music road yeah. and see the places and feel, you know, the energy that came from, like, you know, Sh- Shreveport, Louisiana. There he is. Wow. Yeah. Americana yeah. Ann has shown us a picture
4: Yeah, I think I'll post it on Facebook.
0: Yeah. That is so cool. So you cool. can
4: see the That'd statue in That'd be Americana Ann
0: Johnson. Now, you know, we were talking also about uh, earlier... Uh, before the show started, about someone who, Rick Pilleri, uh, you went and visited maybe and stayed with this gentleman or did some singing with him, Jimmy Driftwood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. People may say, Jimmy Driftwood, who's that? And we have that song that everybody loves oh. all around here, the Battle
1: of New Orleans. I got to tell you a story about okay. that. You know, I may, maybe you could play along with me on that, Rick. I don't know. We're going to try it in, in G. But I used to go visit with, with Jimmy Driftwood. Okay. And he lived over in Timbo, in Timbo, Arkansas. That's in Arkansas, yeah. Right. And,
0: um... Oh, you're doing an instrumental.
1: And so i go and visit with him, and his wife, Cleta, she'd yeah. be pouring out the coffee, and Jimmy yeah. would start telling the story. And he would tell the story all the time, every time that I would visit him. And he had this unusual cackle when he would tell a story. All right. <laughs> and then he'd slap his leg like this. <laughs> and before you know it, he'd be slapping you on a leg too. <laughs> you know, it was back at around 19 and 59. Oh, back when my song, the Battle of New Orleans was famous. I was traveling all over the world back then. I got invited over there to England to sing at a country and western club. Now, when I got there, all the men had holsters with revolvers in it. I said, well, I'm from the Ozark Mountains, and we usually carry guns, but we usually don't bring them into an auditorium. But I (laughs) figure it's a different country. They might have different customs. You never know. Well, I got near the end of the program, and I said, now I'm going to sing you my famous song, The Battle of New Orleans. Well, the biggest guy in the place, (laughs) he stood up and he said, Well, what do you think we paid you to come here for, Jimmy? Well, I didn't hesitate. I picked up my guitar. Well, in 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down to mighty Mississippi. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans and we fought the bloody British in the town of New Orleans. Now, when I got to that course, (laughs) well, they fired their guns. Guess what? They reached in their holsters, pulled out the revolvers, boom, 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 firing their guns in the air. Every time I said, fire their guns, they fired their guns. <laughs> when I got done with the song, I couldn't see the back of the room for all the gun smoke. Well, in 1814, we took a little trip. Long trip to Jackson, out of my Mississippi. We took a little bacon, and we took a little beans, and we bought the blood. British in the town of New Orleans. Fired our guns and the British kept coming. It wasn't quite as many as it was a while ago. Fired once more and they began to run. Them. Down to Mississippi to the gun. Well, we're sitting on the cotton. Haha, <laughs> I forgot it. Yeah, you got me we could taking my surprise And we didn't fire muskets musket Till we looked them in the eyes Held our fire till we saw their faces Well, opened up with squirrel guns And really gave them hell Fired our guns and the British kept them Head with cannonballs, powdered his behind. When he set the tail off, gator blew his mind. Fired our guns on the British Temple County. One was as many as it was a
5: once gun. more, and they began to run down to Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. They ran through the fire.
1: When he recorded that song, you couldn't say hell or damn that were in the original verses. Yeah, And so he wasn't getting a lot of airplay. But one night, late at night, maybe at 2 o'clock in the morning, one of the DJs at uh, WSM 650 thought nobody be listening, and Uh. they wanted to play that song. They put on that song just as Johnny Horton was getting into his car from the stage of the Louisiana Hayride. Yeah. And that's when Johnny Horton heard the song, and he recorded the song, and then they had a big hit with it. Man, oh man, and
0: you heard the rest of the story right yeah. here. Rick right here. That's fantastic. The The stories behind the songs, and the people who lived the songs, and the experiences they had, so wonderful! You all do many shows, many concerts where you you talk about these type of things. I mean, we we're talking about, of course, uh, Pete Seeger and now Jimmy Driftwood. Uh, do you all spend many many hours researching, or uh, how Living. did you how did you come to this realization? <laughs> I we, think
3: live it. Yeah, we don't really we don't really. I mean, we read a lot, but yeah. we didn't. We don't purposely. Um, do research, okay. as it were. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that we get actually comes from other people who either knew them or the people themselves that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Pete's songs, uh, a lot of Pete's stories come right from Pete. Yeah, and experiences that we we had with him. Rick uh, also had another mentor in Utah Phillips. Okay, and it was the same kind of thing there. Yeah, yeah. And, and Kevin Locke, where I played the flute. Yeah,
1: you, you wanted me to play something on the flute, just yeah, a yeah. could you play
0: something on the flute before we get a call from Marshall McGall? Yeah. Because we're gonna have a tale from the back for Z in just a second, and I tell you what, we got so many wonderful stories and songs going on now. Rick Clary, he he has this flute, and it's fantastic. He sometimes even brings Polish bagpipes. Maybe we'll bring them next time.
1: When next time, I just, this this we, we we were economizing on space. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but this is a Native American flute, a okay. recording flute. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. so that's a native american song yeah.
1: i learned that from kevin Locke, one of the great flute players from the standing rock tri- uh, reservation from the sioux and in order to learn that i had to sit through a traditional sweat lodge purification wow. ceremony together goodness and i like you saying you know about how do you learn these stories you live the stories you have to be with the people you have to feel that energy. And then once you do that, you you can then tell that story with, with authenticity. I think these days, it seems like with this artificial intelligence looming on the horizon, that people are going to be looking for authenticity. Yeah. They want things that are real. They want things, even if it has a little mistake in it, you know, they, then they know it's real. It's from a human being. Because it's going to get to that point where we don't even know where, you know, who's singing, what's happening, you know, it's kind of scary in a way.
0: Well, you know, the thing that's interesting is, I was just thinking about this because I'm so complex. Because <laughs> you realize that your names, Rick Nestler and Rick Polari, and you all together are called the Ricks, it begins with an R, and real also begins with an R you all it's the very essence the beginning of y'all is real you all are totally real and what's really cool is that uh it's it's like the oral tradition mm-hmm. you know being around the people who have written these songs it's more than just reading in a book you know as i asked y'all if you did a lot of research mm-hmm. you experience these things and people can still experience these things for example the solemn farmers Tell us just a touch about that. The song Farmers, the people get together to share about
5: well, that's writing That's what we we're,
1: were just doing up in Kentucky with Michael Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, and there were different groups of, you know, just community groups that meet in libraries, meet in civic centers, and they get together just to play music for building community, for fun, not for trying to make money, just to have fun yeah. and to share the music together. And so there were people from all over the country that came to this, and uh, we had workshops uh, talking about how to build these community things. It really it doesn't it, it, it's not centered around money at all. It's really about I mean only one person needs to be a member uh, you know to to have a song farmer you know uh, club yeah you know yeah just one person and they wow. can have as many people as they want yeah at at the uh, at the event. Yeah. So, you know, 25 bucks a year. <laughs> yeah. You could have, you know, I have like 28, 30 people each month getting together, singing wow. songs. Yeah. And this is the way we're carrying things on. This is the way that we pass on traditions. Yeah. And and also nurturing. You know, it, there comes a time, as you know, as we get older, that we, we're looking at the young people that are out there. And maybe not so young people. People who are just getting into this music. And we're there for them, yeah. you know? When I'm at these gatherings, I'm not there as me, as a performer, I'm there as the facilitator of the, the, the friendly, you know, host that's going to help you feel comfortable to sing. And that's what we're doing in uh, Kentucky, is Rick and I were teaching a special workshop about getting people to sing along to songs. And the way that Pete, uh, Pete did.
3: Do you well, find sometimes
0: that if people are shy? It's like, oh, I can't sing. You don't want to hear me.
3: Yeah, well, um, there's some people that have actually been told by teachers, things like that. Um, people in glee club and choir that, you know, they've been told, oh, just mouth the words. Don't, yeah. don't sing. Just just smile and, and pretend you're singing. Yeah. And it's amazing how damaging that can be to some people. Yeah. So um what we do is we give them we we give this uh workshop on how to lead songs the way Pete Seeger did and we give them a number of tips about that kind of thing um Pete very rarely and and when I knew him I don't think I ever heard him say would you sing along with me because that's a question All right, yeah. and it gives the audience the option to opt out yeah say no, no I don't want to help you but Pete would just go on stage and he'd want somebody to, he'd, he'd want the crowd to sing along with him. he'd go here's a great song it's got a great chorus this is your part and then he'd proceed to teach him whatever he wanted to teach him whether it was the just one word or a whole chorus and The crowd would sing along because they were expected to. Yeah. Not because they were asked, but because this guy is having a great time and he's giving us a good time. And you get into that that spiral that performers know so well. I'm sure you felt this. You go out there, you start playing crowd gets behind you they start having a good time so you have a better time and yeah. they see you having a better time and then they start having a better time yeah and it's just this upward spiral yeah you know and once you start them up that that spiral it it works really well yeah do we have time
1: to, to to do a song like that one of the songs that we did yeah let's do it. and can america kind of, and why not, i want to ask you all
0: may do this type of thing. Is this something that people can sing along on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're gonna That's do the whole one the, idea.
1: One of the songs that... that, that the, One of my favorite songs, an old kind of spiritual song that Pete would sing, and uh, you guys have to sing along because you're the audience. But you can't tell us that, though. No, no. I'm not going <laughs> to...
3: Well, no, you can tell them they have to sing along. Oh, okay. I didn't Don't, know ask that. Don't ask them. Don't ask
1: them. Rick does
0: Rick have this unique. I, I thought you were going to say he has this unique mm. way of getting people to sing along. He has yeah. a big stick. <laughs> no, I'm just this,
3: Well, we heard we were coming up here. You Utah Phillips had another way of doing it. Yeah, he threatened his audience. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but with this, this is uh, this is one of the songs we sing towards the end of the workshop. Yeah, because it includes all of the tips that we give them. How to how to uh, When to sing Uh, We start out with a single uh, word Chorus and then we go move to another one Where they get a whole line and then we start Talking about harmony and then Call and response so this includes All of those things at this point You can use harmony you can use call And response they can memorize the Chorus and just sing along on the chorus Yeah
1: We are we are climbing climbing Jacob Jacob ladder ladder We are
5: We are
1: climbing
5: climbing
1: Jacob Jacob ladder
5: ladder
2: We are
1: Jacob ladder brothers
5: brother
1: sisters, sisters. 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 Particles we, 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 we are we are dancing dancing Sarah Sarah circle circle we are we are dancing
0: dancing
1: any, any. circle who we
2: are, we are dancing and any circle
5: circle brothers brothers, brothers.
2: And sisters
1: Okay, Ann, come on now. So that we're singing up, way up in the sky. So that Pete and Leadbelly, Woody, Glen Thompson, and Louise, so so many other people can hear us sing. Let's try it. We are, we are, climbing,
5: climbing,
2: Jacob, Jacob. shaker slider who we are.
0: So that's the first time I've heard American and sing It was fantastic. <laughs>
4: And it's the first time I've ever sang in my whole life, and I'm singing on the radio. But well, see,
0: <laughs> everybody is inspired by the Ricks. It's Rick Pillary and Rick Nessler, or Rick Nessler and Rick Pillary. Neither right. one wants to be the top build no, here. No. But they are the Ricks, and that is the, T-H-E-R-I-X. We're going to have a commercial break. We're going to have a call from Marshall McGall, then we'll be back with more music and stories with the Ricks right here on Americana Central Time in beautiful downtown columbia, columbia tennessee stay tuned y'all
9: the best in music news and sport in southern middle tennessee you're listening to wkrm 103.7
7: Hey,
1: this
8: is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. That's WKRM 103.7 FM, Columbia.
0: And we are back on Americana Central Time right here on WKRM in Columbia, Tennessee, 103.7 FM, 1340 AM. If you're on your tractor riding around beautiful downtown Columbia, Tennessee, or... If you're listening all around the world, you're listening on WKRMradio.com. We're going to ask our studio audience if they will go into the lobby and close that door because we have a call coming in from
4: Marshall McGall.
0: Marshall McGall with a tail from the backwards Z. If y'all would go out into the lobby way and close that door, so Marshall McGall will be able to focus right over the telephone line here. Marshall McGall, are you there? I am here. No way. How you doing? Good to hear your voice.
10: Hey, Marshall. Uh- Hey, Americana Ann in Georgia. It's good to be here.
0: Oh, it's good to have you here. We're just so excited. We had some storms here yeah, we earlier today or maybe over the weekend or something. Did you have any storms there in Pensacola where you and I live?
10: We haven't had any storms in a few days. So we just got a little bit, but I've been seeing them on the radar all around us. They've just been missing us right here where we are. Yeah. Well, you might
4: need to bring that pole inside. Just because. Yeah, that
0: telephone pole that he's climbed up on down there, Yeah, he's climbed up on that
4: pole.
5: Yep.
0: Now, Marshall McGall joins us every Americana Central Time show for A Tale from the Backwards Z. All about growing up and the goings-on in marvelous Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. And he's going to tell us where we can get the book and everything, Tales from the Backwards Z, after he tells us the tale for tonight, Americana. Marshall,
4: tell us what the tale is tonight.
10: Tonight's tale is The Ride of Dixie. Wow.
4: The Ride of Dixie. Okay.
10: Yeah, and I'll just jump right in here. And, okay. And, <laughs> okay, and, now and, don't
4: leave anything out.
10: Yeah. I, I won't. I won't. And, and, and you may remember last time that I was with y'all, I had mentioned that my next tale would involve food. But yeah. then I realized that this week's tale will happen on Mother's Day, so i pushed the food tale to the next time we're together, and I'm cool. going to tell a tale in honor of my mother, Anna Burnett McGough yeah so sounds uh, good to different. us straight out of the book but uh but a few weeks ago you'll probably remember i told a tale called the champion duck dog about yeah. the time when i was a kid and my dad took me and my brother david McGaw, up to nashville to buy a champion duck dog how that dog we named him dixie yeah. he only hunted one time yeah and uh then he became our high our high dollar family pet after that but uh and i won't go into all that that's a different tale but tonight's tale has two main characters the first character is our old champion duck dog, Dixie. And I say old because in the tale, a few weeks ago, he was a puppy. And this tale takes place 19 years later because Dixie lived to be 19 years old. Wow. And uh, and this is at the back end of, of old Dixie's life. And uh, the second character character in the tale is my mother, Anna Burnett McGowan. All right. Now if, you, now, if you took 10 people. And hook them to a lie detector and ask who is the best mother in the history of the world. Most would say their own mother, and all would pass that lie detector. And uh, and that's the way I feel about my mother. Yeah. I'm sure y'all feel that way too. And yeah. She left this earth many years ago, but lived a long life, well into her mid 80s. And
0: and is she featured and several up. times in tales from the backwards East?
10: She she is she sure is. So she's she's part of it all, interwoven in there. All right. Uh, and a, a little two-minute sidebar uh, that's not in the book about my mother and, and this will be in the tales from the backwards z2 if i ever get around to writing that but she used to work as a vo- at a volunteer at the james k Polk home right down yeah, the street from y'all yeah. and uh and she was at work one day and several fire trucks showed up and surrounded the Polk home and my mother and the other volunteers thought the poke home must be on fire so they ran out on the sidewalk and asked the fireman what was going on they told him there was a bad gas leak and the fireman went inside the Polk home and sniffed around they couldn't find they couldn't spend any gas inside so he told them to go back inside keep the door closed they they would be safe so uh, now this became a big deal they had to close down west 7th street right the street right there where y'all are on wow and uh and of course people that don't live around around columbia don't know but that's a main thoroughfare yeah. through yeah just just imagine the chaos that happened by closing that street down yeah and that was and huge assault, Oh yeah, sure was, and and all the Pocomb volunteers went inside, but they were looking out the window, hoping the fire department would find this leak pretty soon. Because even, even though the firemen had assured them they were safe inside the Pocomb, they you know these volunteers weren't completely convinced on that. And uh, about 15 minutes later, a fireman headed the door and asked who owned the yellow Galaxy 500 parked out front. And my mother said, "Well, I, I do," and it, but it was actually my father's car, but she had driven it to work that day for some reason. And they asked her to come outside, and they said, what is that awful smell? And and you remember I've told you a few times on here that my father worked at Victor Chemical, became yeah. Stauffer. And, and back in those days, there were less pollution laws. And over time, my father's car started smelling like the plant. And the chemical they made yeah. out there was very similar to natural gas. So somebody had walked by and smelled it and thought it was a gas leak. Yeah. So my father's car had shut down the major road, one of the major roads West going into Columbia. Street. That's yeah. right. And it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my mother's life, and, and wow. uh, she was able to laugh about it years later, but I'm talking about a lot of later years, because uh, for the fir- first few years, we couldn't bring it up. All right. but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, back, back to my mother and old Dixie, you know, we've talked about uh, many times on this show, I grew up on the last leg of the Z up there on Fairview Drive, which is at the top of the huge hill, Washington Avenue, right at the top, and uh, you know, for regular listeners out there that are within driving distance of Mount Pleasant, they should... One of these days, you just take the time to go down to Mount Pleasant, put Fairview Drive, in your GPS, just see where a lot of these uh, stories took place. And the house I grew up in is on the uphill side of the street, and it has four huge plate glass windows right. on the bottom floor of the house. That's the only house like that up there. My father designed that house and had it built way back in 1954. Okay, but uh, but back in those days, there weren't any leash laws, and every kid in the neighborhood knew every other kid's dog by name. I mean, there were. There were a lot of dogs roaming around up there on Fairview Drive. And I, I bet our good friend, the station owner, Del Kennedy, remembers old Delk, uh, right. Dixie because he hung out, you know, he was up there all the time. All right. and, uh, and, and, you know, I just said there were no leash laws when I was a kid. This thought just came to my mind. But they, they probably invented leash laws just because of us on Fairview Drive. Because, uh, man, I could see where that would be a problem. I bet we had 15 dogs running around up there. Wow. But, <laughs> but anyway – but in the last couple of Dixie, uh, last couple of years of Dixie's life, he had began wandering off right. and wouldn't come back home. And I, I mentioned my house was on the uphill side of the street because Dixie would usually wander downhill, and he probably weighed 75 pounds. He was a big old Labrador retriever, and he wouldn't have the energy to come back up the hill. My mother would notice he had been gone longer than he should be, and she would get a wheelbarrow out of the shed and head down the street looking for old Dixie. And sometimes the neighbors would call her and say, Hey, Dixie, Dixie's in our yard. But she would load Dixie up in that wheelbarrow and head back home. So the day came when Dixie had declined even more and was having trouble even wandering off. So my mother my mother told my father one afternoon that she reckoned she'd have to take him the next day and have him put down. Wow. And she said this in front of old Dixie. <laughs> and she said Dixie gave her the strangest look he had ever given her uh, when, when she said it and, it. and it was weird to her because she said – you know she knew he didn't talk human but but later on that night old dixie went curled up under that big old mulberry tree in the backyard and, and died wow. and uh, she wow. and she and she swore to the day she died that he understood what she was talking about and yeah. if, if you hooked her to a lie detector machine it wouldn't have blipped a bit when she said it but now i know most of the tales i tell on here are upbeat this one has a little sad side and anyone that's ever lost a pet knows that's a, a hard thing but but the memory of seeing my mother pushing that wheelbarrow through the Tennessee hills with all 75 pounds of old Dixie curled up in there, happy as a lark, is etched in my mind as a precious memory for me, for both my mother and old Dixie. And that's the tale of the ride of Dixie. Man, oh that's man. a great story. A sure. Yeah. Just- just
0: they are our friends and Dixie. Yeah, nineteen
4: wow. years old.
0: And to yeah. think, think of a mom who's out there yes. doing all that. You know, it's just uh, and moms, of course, man. There's well, no yeah. moms are like super moms. Well, moms you know talk to their
4: children in a yeah. certain way.
10: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is they fantastic. Do.
4: Marshall, thanks so much. So, what, what's our what's our tale next week?
10: All right, next week we're going to talk about all you can eat. Wow. Well,
4: that sounds like something that's <laughs> unbelievably yummy. Yeah. Now,
10: before well, we, I, I, th- I oh. think I advised last the last time we were on the air that, that the ironic thing about this is you probably want to have supper before my tail. All right.
4: Well, we'll make sure to do just that.
0: (laughs) And we want to definitely say a happy Mother's Day to all the moms in marvelous Mount Pleasant,
10: Tennessee, and to...
4: And happy uh, Mother's Day to Jean. Oh, yeah.
10: Yeah. Well, I will tell her that, and I'm sure she will say thank you.
0: Now, as uh, you mentioned, there were uh, several uh, references and stories that include your mom in Tales from the Backward Zine, Marshall McGaw. How can our audience find more stories about the McGaw family and all the wonderful folks in marvelous Mount Pleasant, Tennessee? That tells from the
10: backwards Where can people find a copy for themselves? If you're if you're close to Mount Pleasant, I'd say you know, a 45 minute radius. You should drive down and go to the uh, Mount Pleasant Museum of Local History. Real real cool place to go. Even if you don't want to buy the book, but they sell the book there. All right. Uh, if if you if you if you don't want to buy the book, the Mount Pleasant Columbia Library both have a copy. But if you if you do want your own copy, or you live too far away to get down there and get one, you can go to Anywhere that sells them online, amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, Apple bookstore. You can get it on your phone. These are all real short, easy to read chapters. Uh, You get them on e-readers like Kindle and Nook, or you can go to my website, marshallmagall.com, And I've got a link in there that will take you to Amazon. And, uh, and, and and, you can also go to Amazon and click on, it's called look inside and you read about six pages of it. You know, if you're still thinking, I don't know if I'm, this is for me, you can read about six pages of the book and, And a lot of different ways to get it.
0: Yeah, people can even
10: write you an email. An email. That's right, marshallmagall.com.
4: Great. Uh,
10: Go there and just click on Contact Us, and I'm Us. Yeah.
4: That sounds great. Well, Marshall, we will be talking to you next Sunday night, so be ready.
10: I'll be here. We're going to be talking
4: about food, I hear.
0: Yeah. That's right. He's up on a telephone pole just like Green Acres, but it's down in Pensacola, Florida. And now he will be gently sliding back down the telephone pole because, uh, well, just like, you know, uh, on Green Acres, they had to slide down very they carefully.
4: They did. They had yeah. to slide down very carefully. But, GV, we've got the Ricks coming back in. No
0: way. Way. And
4: I'm doing. so excited.
0: Yeah, well, thank you.
4: Thanks, Americana Marshall. Amphrey. Yeah,
0: and thank you, thank Marshall.
10: Thank And I, I've been listening to the Ricks. That's so a really good show y'all got going on. All right. Thanks well, so you much. made it. You were like the cherry on the top. Thank That's you, right. Marshall Thanks, Marshall. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank, Bye. thank y'all.
0: All right, well, I'll tell you what, we will have the Ricks in just a second. You're right, Americana Ann. Meanwhile, we're going to play another fine break with all of our wonderful friends the sponsors of WKRM and Front Porch Radio. Stay tuned, y'all. We'll be back for the last segment of Americana Central Time with stories and music with the Ricks. T-H-E-R-I-X on Americana Central Time on WKRM in Columbia, Tennessee.
4: Hey, this is Brenda Lynn Allen. Thank you for tuning in to 103.7 FM WKRM, Columbia, Tennessee.
7: This is WKRM 103.7, Columbia, Tennessee. Your home for the Columbia Central Lions for over 75 years. Radio! Radio! Radio.
5: Radio. Turn your radio
1: on! And now, your host, a singer, songwriter, world-traveling troubadour... And 30-year veteran of the grand old Opry, George Hamilton V) <laughs>
0: Man, oh man, the one and only Colonel William Covington was right here in this very same room for many years on the Drive South Radio Show on WKOM. You are listening to Front Porch Radio. We are WKRM tonight, 103.7 FM, 1340 AM if you're on your tractor, riding around beautiful downtown, cool, in to Listening in all around the world on WKRMradio.com. We want to remind you you can go and listen to this show. It will be archived. At WKRMRadio.com, dot com, push podcast. Scroll down, find Americana Central Time. The shows are archived by date. You can also look at Central dot com to see the pictures that were on that date. And this date is five fourteen twenty three, or May fourteenth, two thousand twenty three, Americana Central Time, featuring The Ricks. We're going to start out with Rick Nessler's name first this time, Rick Nessler and Rick Polari, because both of them together, neither one wants to take top billing. Well, now I will say, actually, Rick Polari first. Rick Polari and Rick Nestler. the Ricks. How about that? That's yeah, all-encompassing. Now, y'all got Let's your guitars. Yeah. We were talking about the, the oral tradition and how experiencing things, uh, not artificial intelligence, but the actual experience and talking about how people, the more we have Artificial reality. People are reaching for the real reality. Is that true?
3: Yeah, we're hoping so. That, I think,
1: <laughs> I think that, that it's going to be that way because as as the world gets more and more confused yeah. about what is real, yeah. they're going to be searching out yeah. for people who are playing live music. That it, it seems to be that way. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say a hundred percent, but I'm I'm hoping that they will realize the importance of having something that's real. Yeah. But I think people can find out more
0: about Rick Paleri by going to RickPaleri.com. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: How do you spell that so it's everybody can hit that? Okay.
1: And and see I lost my C in a bad printing accident uh-huh. years ago. Yeah. I went to go get my first band business card. Yeah. I was nineteen and they misspelled my name and put R-I-K, and I freaked out. I said, oh, God, they misspelled it. And all my friends said, no, that's cool. That's cool. That is cool. Keep it. Well, so I kept it. How did they get to your website? So it's R-I-K-P-A-L-I-E-R-I dot com. Wow, and you pronounce your name. Polari.
0: Yeah, it's very, it's the, the I-E is very quick, isn't it? Yeah. That's cool. So R-I-K-P-A-L-I-E-R-I dot com. Wait, Americana Anne is trying to grab the microphone. Americana Ann, <laughs> tell us more, tell us more.
4: He does that to silence me.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. It's just that I've only got two hands and of course not many brains. Well,
4: G Six helped you out.
0: That's right. George the Six reached over. Yeah,
5: he
4: reached and over. We want to so say once
0: again happy Mother's Day, especially to well, to all mothers all around you know. the world, and of course to George the six mother, who's in the studio with us. How about a hand for Lillian? George the mother. Yes,
4: mom. That's right. Yay! But, GV, we have to get Rick to spell that again. Yeah, and play, slowly, yeah. slowly.
0: Slowly. Oh, slowly. yeah, because okay. you were a Hillbilly Tour guy at the Country Music Hall of Fame,
1: and you talked very slow then. <laughs>
4: well, yeah, I'm a native Nashvillian. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so it's R I K P A L I E R I. Got it. Now, how
0: about Rick Nestler? How do they find out more about you?
3: Oh, I've got a bunch of Facebook pages up.
0: Can you spell your name?
3: Mine, well, uh, I have a musician's page, which is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Did you keep the C? Yes, I did.
0: Right, so you are R-I-C-K.
3: R-I-C-K-N-E-S-T-L-E-R.
0: That was nice and slow.
4: Don't forget about (laughs) Donna.
3: Uh, Well, we also have a page, Donna and Rick Nestler. Yeah, because we also tour as a duo, which you were so gracious to have us. Well, you all were so
0: gracious to come and do the show.
3: Yeah, y'all were on what
4: about a month ago?
3: Uh, Well, it was back in March, I think.
0: But it it? seems just like yesterday because we have so many fond memories. And of course, people are listening. It was during March
3: Madness because we had to worry about whether or not. I know
0: the basketball or something about that.
3: Tennessee was going to get in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: that was fantastic. Well, we was so fun.
4: helpful to me. She, she really was. she was very helpful to me. Hmm. Well,
3: excellent, excellent.
0: Now, you all have your instruments in hand. Yes. And I'm going to see if, if Americana Ann wants to ask you, are you going to play a song or what that song might be?
4: I want to know. And I'm expecting, She's going to get a scoop. I am expecting it to be the song that we've all been talking about.
3: No,
0: that's going to be at the end of the show. That's
3: going to be. That's always a traditional Yeah,
4: closer. well, guess what? It's
3: 746 but right no, now. Yeah,
0: but we can get a song in now. Yeah.
3: This is uh, This is actually a song that Pete started to write. Pete Seeger. Mm-hmm. He Pete, started to write it. He started it. to write it. Um, a lot of people know about Pete starting the Clearwater, which is a 106-foot boat. The New York Times has called it the flagship of the environmental movement. A lot of press on that. Pete never owned that boat. He was just the most famous founding member of it. Wow! If you join Clearwater, you too can own as much of the boat as Pete Seeger did. Wow! Now, it's owned by a membership organization. However, after 10 years of that boat sailing, carrying its environmental message to towns up and down the Hudson River, Pete took a look at the boat and he said, that boat is a wonderful boat and it does the job really well. But It's too big to get into a lot of the little towns on the Hudson River. So he went to the guy who designed the Clearwater, had him design a miniature version of the boat uh, called a ferry sloop. So the Clearwater is the type of boat that used to sail up and down the Hudson River carrying passengers and cargo. And the ferry sloops are the kind of boats that would sail back and forth across the river. So anywhere there's a bridge, there used to actually be a ferry. Nice, yeah. So... The ferry sailed. The ferry sloops were both smaller boats, only about uh, forty feet overall. And uh, Pete had one commission for himself as proof of uh, the the theory, and he decided to write a boat, a song about it because he loved the boat. So he got the first verse. He wrote the chorus. Stole a melody from Stephen Foster, a song uh-huh. called "Old Uncle Ned." Yeah. Uh, And uh, then quit What he did do Was he wrote the song out With the uh, staff The musical staff And the the lyrics that he had And put a little note at the bottom Said this song needs more words Nice And then he made copies of it And just handed them out to All these people that he knew Um, I ended up getting a copy of it and I wrote three more verses, so we finished the song. Yeah. So and that's what you're going to play. And that's that's Rick what Nestle, we're yeah. play. Yeah, it's uh, Pete Seeger, Rick Nessler, Co-Write. That's yes. cool. <laughs> well, here are the Ricks. And you're yep. going to be doing this song now? Yes, it's off our latest album, uh, Steering. Steering Pete's Course.
5: And, and what's the
4: name?
3: It, the name of the song is called The Little Woody Guthrie, because that's what he named his boat. Cool. The Ricks, Ready? right here on Americana yeah. Central Time, WKRN. Right. One, two, three. She's got a cast iron keel with planks of oak, a mast of yellow pine. A big cockpit for ten or more folks, and she suits us all just fine. Raise the main and back the chip. Let's head out to New Bird Bay (laughs) This Luke Woody Guthrie is a fine little boat We're all set to sail away We're headed down the river today Setting sail to make it to Cold Spring With the wind on the nose We'll be tacking all the way to Old storm king. So raise the
2: main and back the Jew. Let's head out to New Bird Bay. The Sunk Woody Guthrie is a fine
5: little boat. We're all set to sail away.
3: Fall off at an angle to and fro, and use what opposes you to gain your goal instead. That's a secret every sailor does know. So raise the main and back the Jew. Let's head out to do. Sometimes the wind's against you and sometimes it is your friend, sometimes the wind it just fails, remember you can't change the wind in the end, but you can always adjust the sail, so raise the
2: main and back the let's head out to New Bay, the slew would
5: Set to sail away, yes, now we'll raise the name and back, the gym. Let's head out to New Bird Bay. This is Sloop Woody
3: a fine little boat. We're all set to sail away, I'm telling you, we're all set to sail away. Best believe that, we're all set to sail away.
0: That's
4: great. I'm wondering if there's a picture of the little Woody Guthrie on it's, the internet.
3: It's yes. yeah, there's plenty of pictures on there. If you go to my Facebook page, there's a lot.
4: Really? Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, and if uh, and if you can get a hold of this the CD, there's a picture of Woody Guthrie right on the back. Right of it on the back. Okay. Right on
4: the back of it. Did you bring some?
3: We're, We're out. sold out. <laughs> We're sold out. We sold out uh, the last one yesterday. Wow, the last we had with us.
4: that's a good problem to have.
3: Yeah, well, mm. we're wrestling with where to go from here now.
0: So the pictures are on the internet. So uh, did y'all discuss this? But the, the little Woody Guthrie is still there, The Woody, still Guthrie,
3: is, uh, the Woody Guthrie is still sailing. Pete okay. actually donated long before he died. Okay. he donated the boat to a, uh, a group called the Beacon Sloop Club. Cool. They take out. Uh, they sail five nights a week around supper time. If you're ever in Beacon, just go down to the waterfront and uh, they'll take you out for nothing. It doesn't wow. cost anything. Wow. You know,
0: it's a, a very interesting. There's like a community of yeah. the folks that love these boats. It's like this Front Porch Radio here, the community that Del Kennedy, Mary Susan Kennedy are, you know, helping to be a part of this in Columbia, all the music and stuff. And y'all being here means so much to us and hearing this well, story about community. So how many uh, of folks... Do you know up there that are, like, sailing and all these boats? I mean, are there, like, hundreds and hundreds?
3: Well, um, no, there's not hundreds and hundreds of boats. Oh, people. uh, There's hundreds of people. Okay. Um, The Clearwater and the uh, Woody Guthrie sailed together. There was a third boat, the Sojourner Truth. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, it was... uh, it it was uh, uh blown off its moorings, basically. Its moorings parted during a storm and she went up on the rocks and there was no sailing wow. But uh there are a number of members that also have their own boats, uh and sometimes sail in company with the Clearwater or the Woody Guthrie. Yeah. Uh they uh, and those boats show up at environmental events and things like that.
0: Now you mentioned that Donna Nestler, she is right now doing something with her boat. Underneath. She yeah, yeah.
3: Um, they just uh, put her boat in the water just last week. Wow!
0: So you all be mainly focusing on uh, boating. Yeah. Uh, once you get back home, and Rick uh, Palera, you will be focusing on the the Great Vermont. Barn dance. dance. And it's going to be coming
3: up when? Well,
1: that'll be coming up in October, October 19th. But I'm getting ready to go to Poland. No way. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm going. Really? Yeah, I'll be in June 13th. I'll be in Germany. Yeah. For music? What?
4: For music? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll be doing a tour in Germany and then in Poland. uh, I'm going back to meet some friends and... uh, and, George, you have a lot of contacts uh, and friends in, in Poland.
0: Well, I think I'll be going back there maybe in uh, maybe July or August. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's just a wonderful place and so much music. Yeah. Now, the man who played, he,
1: what was his name? He Youssef plays Broda. the blade of grass. Yusuf Broda. Yeah. Now, yeah. he
0: and you spent yeah. much time, and you learned many things from him. Oh, yeah.
1: I lived with him for a while. And it was yeah. such
0: a small world because we were over there playing like some rock country type music. And... Uh, end up playing a folk festival and next thing you know that gentleman yusuf came yes, and yes. played with us on stage <laughs> and it was so much fun because he was actually playing a blade Holy of grass God. along <laughs> with one of these rocking country songs yeah it's interesting how people can sort of all come together all over the world and just just like we we're talking about getting americana and to sing along or they cross
3: pollination i can't even believe i did that
0: you, it's amazing. You'll be singing on more episodes. <laughs> yeah. You may even sing along on this this song, which yeah. is going to be the close of tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But they are the Ricks. That is T H E R I X, and it is Rick Nestler and Rick Polari, right. or Rick Palieri and Rick Nestler. And uh, once again, you can go
1: to and say it really slow. Rick Palieri website. It's R I K P A L I E R I. Dot com that's right.
4: And folks, if you want to pull, pull up the Woody Guthrie, the boat, the sailboat, it is a 47 foot gaff slope boat and it supports the mission of the larger slope clearwater education, people about the Hudson River and it's an environmental event. This vessel was ordered by Pete Seeger in 1978 for the Beacon Slope Club, which I understand he donated before his passing. And there's a picture of it online. It's pretty cool, y'all.
0: That's cool. Well, now, are you all going to close the night with the song that that Pete Seeger would sing? And also, of course, Lead Belly. Was he one of the first to bring this song to
1: Yeah, Lead Belly wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. No way Well yeah, it, he, he kind of it yeah. was it was how old, do you
4: kind of it
1: was, well because it's tricky. It's, it was a song that, that, that he added to there yeah was, there was a song that was sort of out there, but he changed it and made it his own. Gotcha. and uh, it was he was recorded by uh, John Lomax, yeah, while he was in prison, yeah, uh, and uh, that was uh, the beginning of his career. He was one of the most well-known singers uh, of that type of blues during that period of time in the 1940s. Wow. You know, he was doing a lot of things, um, getting a lot of notoriety, and, and it was a, a fluke that the Weavers actually recorded. They, yeah. This was the B-side you know, for folks who are listening, you know, the when we had records in the old days, we had an A-side, yeah. which was the preferred side that the G- DJs are supposed to play, and a B-side. Yeah. And this was the B-side. This was the one that wasn't supposed to be played. But some DJs, you know, DJs are DJs. Yeah. And they like what they like. Yeah. Well, and they started playing it. And, you know, as Pete would say, he said, back in, uh, in 1950, uh, you couldn't turn on the... Uh, the radio without hearing that song.
0: Yeah, well, it's so cool, because earlier in the show, you talked about the Johnny Horton hearing the song on the radio that was played by a DJ, and uh, Johnny Horton happened to hear it and took that song, Battle of New Orleans, to the top of the charts. Well, we're going to close out the show tonight, Americana Central Time on WKRM, with a song that Led Belly had a great deal to do with and writing... Sort of, or maybe even yeah. more. Oh yeah. They are the Ricks, Rick Pelleri and Rick Nestler. You have been listening to Americana Central Time on WKRM from Columbia. Play us off for the evening, y'all.
1: Well, last Saturday night I got married. Me and my wife settled down. Now me and my wife have parted. I'm gonna take a little stroll downtown. Well, Irene, good night, Irene, good night, good night, Irene,
3: good night, Irene, I'll see you in my dreams. Now, sometimes I live in the city, sometimes I live in the town times I take a great notion to jump in the river